0: Episode 6 of the When I Grow Up podcast with me, Katie Philo. Each week I interview a guest about the trials, tribulations and joys of growing up. My guest this week is career coach Lauren Kaye. Born and bred in the north of England, she followed her childhood ambitions to become a lawyer. Following a hefty amount of study and a dose of inspiration from Ali McBeal, she wound up in London in what she believed to be her dream job. Fast forward six years in a corporate legal office with many professional accolades under her belt. She soon found herself feeling empty. Trapped, overworked, and undervalued, she set off on a mission for fulfilment. Cue packing up her life and setting off on an adventure around the world. She peeled away, layer by layer, in search of the most authentic version of herself, which she has since found living a, what she calls, freedom-based lifestyle, in Bali for the last two years. Lauren says her biggest desire is for all humans to be their happiest and most successful, so that they can shine their brightest in the world. Welcome, Lauren Kay, to the When I Grow Up podcast. What do you mean by shining in their brightest what does that look like to you
1: hi katie thank you for having me people shining their brightest is you know when you just look at someone and you can see they're shining they've got a glint in their eye they're loving where they're at they're owning where they're at and that's not to say life is perfect because life has its ups and downs of course but they're they're like in their own alignment and loving what they do
0: and is that what you feel like you're at now is that where you would you say you're shining your brightest
1: yeah, in many ways. And I'm certainly a lot brighter than I was. And I feel like in my old working ways in in my corporate lifestyle, my shine had definitely dulled and I'd lost my sparkle. Um, and of course, life's a journey. Um, you know, it has its own ups and downs. And I'm, de- I'm not, you know, saying I'm living the perfect life, but I definitely feel like I'm a brighter version of myself.
0: And when you were living your kind of so-called corporate life in a law firm when did it happen or when did you notice that you had kind of completely dulled and you what you didn't feel like you were living this kind of sparkly life that you
1: had kind of an inner zest for life to be honest i probably didn't realize the full impact of how much i'd lost my shine until i had made my moves and realized on the other side how i could really feel and the kind of work i could do and looking back in hindsight it was like a culmination of lots of little things, um, rather than sort of one big, I don't know, one big breakdown or one big personal life change that might cause some people to review their life. Mine was definitely like lots of little things. For example, um, climbing a ladder, I didn't want to get to the top of, uh, you know, looking up and not being inspired by, um, leaders above me. Um, the routine of commuting in every day, um, doing work in the end, I didn't really care that much about or enjoy, um, and be, feeling like I was surrounded by a lack of positivity.
0: Mm. And because I mean, obviously, you spent, I guess, not only the six years actually in that kind of working environment, but you also then spent a lot of time in the lead up to that studying, I guess, getting yourself ready for that career. Like, so that's kind of a good, what, decade of your life. Um, I always sometimes look at these people that make big leaps in their careers and it looks like, and I've talked about this in the podcast in the past with other guests, um, it looks like a really quick leap, you know, like one day you're doing this and then the next day you're living in Bali on the beach. But it's never like
1: that, is it? Exactly. That's a really good point when you reflect on the 10 years behind that. And also, you know, the quickest way to tell people my story is like, oh, I quit my job. But of course, I didn't just quit like that. There was, um, you know, months of turmoil beforehand, saving, making a plan. And yeah, there's lots of things that go on in the background to make sure because I wanted to make sure I could leap and feel comfortable, leap. And okay, it's a little bit edgy, but no, I was supported to a certain extent so I could make um you know changes not based on fear but yeah really take time out and and consider things in a nourishing way for myself because I think that's
0: it like every leap is different so you could study other people's stories you know like like any kind of career path you could read what they've done but you can never really directly emulate exactly what they've done. Like you've got to work out what's good for you and what feels comfortable. And I guess for you, it felt like, okay, well, I need a bit of financial security. I need to have a bit of structure. So could you just walk me through like what you actually did? Like what were the thought processes? So from the very moment that little light bulb kind of switched on your mind and you thought, actually, there could be some other options here to then the end result, which is like when you obviously went traveling.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Just to emphasize it, Um, Before I go into that, I love what you say that everyone is different, and you know we're all human. We've got different things make us tick. We have different ups and downs, different challenges, different views on the world. Um, So it's the journey is definitely different for everyone else. And I think part of the journey is really tuning in with yourself. Like you can't go wrong with your journey or with your leap if if you're focusing on yourself and your your own personal growth and what's right for you and what you love. Um, but yeah, so in terms of the stages I went through, um, so I got to a point where I was like, right, I really need to make a change. So I got to that point after various different events that built up and I realized, wow, I'm feeling burnt out, not loving what I'm doing. There must be another way. Although I didn't know another way then. Um, And for me, um, after assessing a number of options, I realized that the right thing for me to do was to go traveling and have a break. I'd never done the traveling thing. And for me, I just realized I needed that breathing space, time out of the rat race. And I know and in hindsight, that was an amazing decision for me looking back, I don't think I would have made, um, you know, a leap into something else, another law firm, another corporate job, just wouldn't have been right for me without that time out. Because in hindsight, I was very, you know, very burnt out. And I needed to relax and just enjoy life and take stock of things and do new things and understand who I am as a person and what my skills are and you know, what I can offer to the world. It's kind of, um,
0: because you kind of tell yourself you've got your story, haven't you? So then to suddenly have all of that, like, armour removed.
1: And also another point on that, what do you do? It suggests you're doing one thing. And actually in my journey, and this is probably fast-forwarding a little bit too much, but I now do so many different things. Like, just within my coaching business, there's so many avenues you can go down. Like, it really you know it gets your creative juices flowing there's so many different channels but i'm also doing for example as well some legal consulting work i'm a yoga teacher um i do some voluntary english teaching it's like well what what what's the answer when someone says what do you do um you know where do i start and and this is all this is all i wouldn't have become these things had i stayed in my old life i would have never had the time to teach english never had the time to train as a yoga teacher and it's just yeah it's, that's been part of the journey as well each of those things
0: kind of they all arrive at different times you, you obviously learned how to do yo- like be a yoga teacher at a certain point was it just very much a process of your intuition just like following what you felt nudged towards
1: exactly yeah going with what felt right at the time um and this has been another big change in myself I've noticed actually um I realized um sort of when I was working in the corporate world and maybe at the beginning of my transition, um, I didn't know how to tune in with my intuition and what felt right. I realized we've been, you know, even through school and things, we've been trained to, well, what do you think? What do you think about that? Not how do you feel? And especially as a lawyer, we're always analyzing things. Um, Yeah, it's all like based on thinking rather than feeling. And like one difference in me now is, I'm a lot more in tune with my feelings, my intuition, and I go with those.
0: You've been on this journey where you've explored the world, you've lived in Bali. Do you say that you have, it's, you, you're very different because you have just tapped into what you think is innately you as opposed to what you were kind of expected to be?
1: That's a good way of phrasing it. I've tapped into who who I am. I think this person was always in there, um, but I built so many different layers around who I truly am. Um, Things like the labels we've discussed and also something you touched on which completely resonates with me is the building versions of success based on um, external expectations and this is one thing that comes up a lot with with my clients as well. And I definitely um, created in my life, like we we build our lives based on external versions of success, whether it's our parents, um, you know, the corporate version of success, because we think we think that's what success is and what will make will validate us in the world. Um, so it definitely for me, it was a case of you know stripping those back. And yeah getting getting into the root of who I am, and how have you redefined success uh, now? Um for me, the biggest change I made, well, the biggest realization I had is how much I value freedom. Um, so at the beginning of my journey, um, something I looked deeply into and is something I now do with my clients is, what 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 are my values and i realized one of the things i value a lot is is my freedom but i had created a life which compromised my freedom in so many ways and my, and that's my my definition of freedom obviously everyone's is different and you know i i built a life based in one place i was spending a lot of rent just to stay in one place i was gravitating to the same office every day i had minimal holidays even my holidays were based around the fact that I had to you know come back to work after a week they weren't necessarily far-flung adventures and they were based around the fact that I needed to relax rather than have fun adventures because you know work was so busy and I was feeling burnt out um yeah and then on my sort of in, during my transitional period I realized how much I value freedom obviously traveling helped and it opened my eyes um so it was at that point I made a commitment to to myself that I would build my future life around this value um so for me that meant not going to back back to work in an office in a corporate environment and living and working on my terms and I still check in with my meaning of freedom because, you know, we're human, we change, our external environment changes. Um, so freedom will mean something different to me as, as the years go on. So um, I think that's a key thing as well with any journey. Um, we don't remain the same. So just keep checking in. And what does that freedom
0: kind of look like? Is it more that you can work from anywhere? You are the master of your own schedule. You decide what projects you want to take on. Like, yeah, what does it look like? Yeah
1: yeah you've highlighted two key things there for me um for me a big thing is environment um obviously I've just spent two years living in Bali and for me that was just such a nourishing place to be um all of the healthy food the sunshine the co-working spaces there um they were great to work from um because there's so many other people you know like me who um have given up their jobs or, you know, they're entrepreneurs and they're working from there and you just, there's just such a good vibe and you get so much inspiration from from that. Um, and yeah, definitely working <clears throat> on my own schedule so I have time to do the things I love. Um, and it's not to say I'm not willing to work hard. I still put in the hours for sure, but they're just um, around what works for me. Also, it means the freedom to, for example, come home to England and spend valuable time with my family. Um, I realised when I was living in London, I would pop up, pop up, pop up north for the weekend. It would just be a flying visit. I wouldn't really spend really valuable time with people before it was time for me to whiz back off on Sunday back down to London, with the Sunday dread within me. Um, so it's, it's both ways it freedom to me is yeah the ability to work in paradise if i want but also to spend really valuable time with my family or or decide to you know volunteer as an english teacher
0: i think this idea of you know being a digital nomad being able to work from anywhere being your own boss it's it's like something that i guess i became really first aware of i think with tim ferriss's book the 4 hour work week It obviously sounds so desirable and I think a lot of people listening and a lot of people I know would absolutely kill to do something like this. What would you say to someone who is yearning for a lifestyle like this, but they are just so entrenched in their this existing idea of success or a career or this the idea of security that they just can't even fathom the idea of doing it like what would you say to them right now to maybe get them to change something or work towards
1: that idea or the, the ideal life for them do the work to make sure this this is what you want so if you're seeing posts on instagram of the digital nomad live make sure you're doing it for the right reasons um so one thing I'll do with my clients is go through, you know, their values and their passions and to really get to grips with what the ideal life would look like for them. Um, because I know there's there's a lot of um, messages out there about the digital nomad way of life and people kind of pushing it is becoming a big thing. But I think, um, again, as you've said, it's a huge step to take. So. You're going to be more invested in, in making it work and more willing to take a brave step if it is truly what you want and truly aligned with your values and the way you want to live. Um, assuming that's the case, then I think don't put too much pressure on yourself. There's different ways to leap. I did, I did an almost all or nothing and made a huge leap into this new world, but there's a lot to be said for doing a transition and just taking small steps towards um, what your version of freedom would look like or your version of your ideal life. So, you know, paint out your ideal life in, in your mind. Like, what does it look like? What work are you doing? Who the where? What's your environment? And trying to extract small pieces that you could start to work on now or create now in small ways. And I don't know for some that might look like starting um, a side project that you're really passionate about or and or it might mean asking to go part time at work. You know, if the part time hours would give you um, enough money to sustain your standard of living and and free up more time on the side to focus on your passion, for example, Um, companies are becoming more open minded about alternative working ways so part time or even going you know remote
0: it's kind of a really daunting prospect just packing up packing in your job and changing your lifestyle altogether and that just may not work like we were saying for some people but it is so good to just get a bit honest with yourself and actually just look at the things that really do spark your interest and just look at how you can start incorporating them into your life the way i do it is i carve out an hour every morning before work to spend on the things that keep me creative
1: that's a good way of managing your personal boundaries as well. Like life is so busy. There's so much going on, so many work demands. But if you can be organized and schedule in, like you have done, one hour of me time before work, doing things, doing things I love, or you're focusing on a passion project, then yeah, that's that's great. It should never feel like a chore.
0: Like it's something if it's something that you love, then you're never gonna resent having that in your diary. You're gonna I I look forward to every morning going and getting a latte and sitting and doing this stuff. Yeah, so um we touched on this earlier. It it all sounds very desirable and I know that you're quite careful about how you project this digital nomad lifestyle because you know it, it is there's there is a reality. So I'd love to hear a bit more about I guess firstly how you first conceived the idea of a digital nomad lifestyle like were you entranced by what you saw on Instagram versus then the realities that you found when you start you actually became a digital nomad yourself?
1: Um, I actually became a digital nomad without realising I was one Um, I hadn't even heard of the term and then people started calling me one so when maybe yeah it was two and a half three years ago when I quit and went travelling and yeah, it was only then when I moved to Bali and in the co-working spaces, they were hashtagging digital nomad, I realized, oh, I am one. So it's not necessarily something I aspire to be. I aspired to have the things that come with it that I love, like the sunshine, the freedom, um, you know, working on my own terms. And then in terms of the reality, um, for sure, there's you know, there's these amazing things that exist. If you're living somewhere in Bali, it's full of so many nourishing opportunities um, and is amazing, hence why it attracts so many people. But, on the you know, it is life as well. Like, moving to Bali doesn't take away your problems. Um, and, you know, you can change your external world, but you'll always have your inner world with you. So, you know, if, for example... You dealt, you um, experienced anxiety in your corporate job. Perhaps, maybe moving, moving to paradise would completely eradicate that. But maybe it's something, some inner turmoil as well within you, and perhaps it would be eased in in um, paradise. But, you know, you carry inner world with you, and it's so important to continue to do things like inner work on yourself. You, you could run away to this other kind of far-flung country or, and live in a
0: beach. But if you're running away from something, you're, it's going to just follow you wherever you go in the world. It, it might be that you have to work through that on your own terms in where you are, because it's sticking through that and having to go through those difficulties that means when you come out the other side, you're probably able to go anywhere in the world and immediately have that sense of calm and inner
1: peace within yourself. Also, there's a number of people living there who who made that choice, I would say, for sort of valid reasons and still go through lots of crap. But the point is they're willing to accept that crap. Um, so I always say, like, life is 80-20. It's not perfect. But if you are doing what you love 80% of the time, there's all, well, that's the goal. Do what you love 80% of the time and there'll always be 20% of, you know, life crap going on. And um I think Mark Manson in his book The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck explains it really well as well. Um and he says, chase think instead of chasing what you love, chase the pain points you're willing to deal with. So, you know, um are you willing to go and live in Bali and do work you love, but face the pain points of perhaps feeling lonely from time to time or I don't know, seen street jogs, which breaks your heart. I don't know, whatever your pain points are. What, you know, what's the payoff to you staying in your corporate job where you have security and yeah, you have a more secure future, but you are doing less of what you love and you're more in robot mode.
0: But I mean, obviously, like you said, there are many great things to being a digital nomad and say you had someone who's now contemplating it, but they have fallen into that kind of identity thing where they're a lawyer or they're a doctor or they they, that's very much their skill set how would you go about looking at your skills and your abilities and how they may translate to skills that you could earn money from living wherever you wanted to
1: i'm a firm believer that any any skill can pretty much any skill could be translated into a remote job if that's how you wanted to live and work um i think what's what's the fact something like Eighty-five or sixty-five percent of jobs that will exist in the future currently don't exist or are not defined. Like we're living in really exciting, creative times where you can create almost create your own kind of work. Which to you know to build on firm foundations and for it to be authentic would obviously stem from your skills and your passions. Um, so I've already mentioned I've, I'm doing some legal consultancy work. Um, and now, the legal world is one of the most archaic, backward-thinking industries, and yet, I do some work for an amazingly forward-thinking law firm, who's obviously happy for me to be in Bali and work as many or as little hours as I want, and they employ many contractors on that basis. There's a lot... Yeah, it's so good. Um, um They... Yeah, so there's one girl who has a ski business who works and live lives in Val d'Isere, but she still wants to keep up the lawyer lady in her, so she does some work for them. So, you know, if the legal industry can do it, other industries can do it, and to the extent a position doesn't already, already exist in your field, in your skill set, then how can you create it? So when I first embarked on being a digital nomad, well, I was building my, um, or starting my coaching business even back then. Um, I um, knew a woman who was a lawyer. I used to work with her as a lawyer, but she set up a a legal tech startup company. And I'd always admired her. She's amazing, really down to earth and doing incredible things. And I thought, hmm, wonder if she needs any help. And pitched to her that, you know, I could help her with some of her techie things um, that require legal background but on the basis it will be entirely remote and she was like wow yeah amazing don't have anyone you know remotely on the team yet but would be happy to help her have you on board and try and make it work and suddenly there was a role for me helping her do um, like legal coding and I didn't even you know necessarily rack my brains or do lots of research to get to that place I, I followed sort of authentic leads if that makes sense
0: a lot of people may look around and immediately not see any opportunities or or like even imagine how that could work but the moment you start maybe digging a little bit further and just talking to people using your contacts and also maybe making it known that that's what you're looking for other opportunities you might it might not be directly through someone you know but it may something else might come up and i guess it's just expressing that that want
1: yeah that's a really good point and um... getting a little bit coachy it's the that's the power of setting goals or setting intentions so once I got really clear on the fact that I wanted to live in a free way all options involved which involved me being in an office were out of the way and I could get clear on creating opportunities that were remote um and then when you get really clear on something you get you you pay more attention to the opportunities associated with that thing. Suddenly things present themselves to you and they become more obvious to you when when perhaps they were always there before, but you didn't particularly notice them. If you are able to be agile and move and craft your own opportunities
0: and have multiple ways of making money, you're never going to just have every part of your identity and every part of your like money earning potential on one particular opportunity and it, that yeah it just gives it you're, you're empowered like it's in your favor I guess
1: there's this term that's been coined multi-hyphened and oh having, yeah Emma book. yeah yeah birth. I haven't yet read it but I've ordered the book and I'd heard a similar term before multi-potentialite a portfolio career and this seems to be yeah the way that things are going like as humans we've got so many different angles to us you know even if you love being you know let's say you're an accountant and you love being an accountant there's so many different facets to you as a as a human you might also love teaching english or doing yoga um so why are we just channeling ourselves into one thing when actually the things we love can actually bring us more joy but also may present additional income stream yeah definitely yeah just as a
0: takeaway for anyone who is in a one track career right now but they are looking at ways they can become that multi-hyphenite do you have any like quick tips or things that you could do literally today to start moving yourself in that direction
1: yeah I would say start with you and do some work on who you are and I know that might sound a bit woo-woo or cheesy but really get clear on what you've got to offer who are you like what What are your values? What are your skills? And what are you passionate about? And there's different ways you could go about that. I do have um, a values task, for example, I could share with your listeners if that's of interest. They can be journeys in their own right. But just starting with the questions and making an attempt may reveal certain things about yourself you didn't necessarily know. I would be conscious about who you're surrounding yourself with. Um, If you want to yeah make this move into a multi hyphened way of l- working and living perhaps think about going to a talk by someone who's already living that way and take inspiration from them um listen to podcasts and audiobooks that will provide the ne- the right inspiration for you and getting that precious you time so i love how you do it over a latte in the cafe in the morning Because life is so busy, isn't it? Um, And you can get carried away with certain things. And even if you're in your apartment alone, you might just be scrolling Instagram, for example, and not achieve anything over the one to two hours. But if you set aside pure you time to do something more productive, like journaling or, or meditating or reading an inspirational book, that will really help
0: every sign to me points to the fact that we're always still we're still growing up and no aspiration or dream is out of the question in my eyes. With that in mind, what do you want to be when you grow up?
1: What do I want to be? Well, I focus on and it's maybe a strange and different way of looking at it on how I want to feel now and chase or carve out things towards my feelings. So I want to feel amazing, inspired, creative nourished and give back and inspire other people so they're the feelings and the ways in which I see myself doing that um I would love love to be an author of a book I've already started writing two but yeah very much lots of things going on so yeah they just at the moment are just getting one to two hours a week of my attention but I would love to yeah be an author I plan to run retreats where people can have an amazing getaway of fitness, fun, relaxation and personal development work.
0: I love what you said about focusing on what you want to feel because I think a lot so of people focus on the things they want to do and you never think about actually yet yeah, the relationship between how that's going to actually make you feel as well. So and finally where can listeners find you?
1: Um so my website is www.lauren-kay.com and then in terms of social media I hang out most on Instagram um, and my handle is lauren underscore, K, K-A-Y underscore o and I would love for you to come hang out with me
0: she's a great person to follow on Instagram take it from me lots of high vibes as you say and positivity <laughs> and inspiration So
1: yeah I do say that a lot high vibe
0: I love that it's your it's your term (laughs) thanks so much for your time today it was such a pleasure talking to you
1: oh you're welcome thank you so much for having me it was great to catch up with you Mm